1: Welcome back to Got Tech The Podcast. This is episode 16 called Teacher Creativity, EdTech Roundtable, and PD Badge System. In this episode, Nick and I talk about creativity and technology and how they fit together. We go over the teacher question of the day, which actually stemmed from an Ed Tech Coach's get-together. We go into our new badge system for teachers. This is a professional development system that allows teachers to earn badges. And finally, we square off in our next Tech Battle Royale. into our third week of school right now. And I can't believe it's already three weeks, but I guess something that kind of helps us out is we haven't had a full week yet. It's
0: really nice. It's a good way to ease into the school year. We've had some short four-day weeks, some days off, which makes the transition back to working a little bit simpler, gives you some time to catch up and and just think about some of the things going on.
1: I know for me, uh, I've been trying to get with teachers and just start a conversation about being creative and not really encourage them to be creative because we have a lot of creative teachers in our district, but more so trying to get their feeling of how creativity blends in or fits in with technology. And some of the discussions that we've had, you know, I'm getting some answers I wouldn't necessarily think of how, you know, they're impressed with the way technology has been progressing over the last couple of years in our district and how it might be helping our school climate or our professional learning environment. I think that's pretty awesome to hear.
0: Yeah. I mean, creativity is, it's a big, big push right now in uh, the education world to encourage that not only for students, but among staff members as well. It really does, when you feel the ownership over uh, your materials to, to be as creative as possible and when that's encouraged, I think it makes the job more enjoyable. I know the times when I feel most inspired and most excited is when I'm doing new things and I get to try new things and create new things, especially that nobody else has done before. It reminded me, I know we've mentioned this a bunch of times, but it reminded me of the Amazing Race game we planned several years ago. Before that, I'd never heard of any, but I mean, did you hear that from someone else or was, that was like an original idea, right?
1: Uh, you know, I feel like everyone puts a spin, a spin on these positive, or yeah. er, these uh, pop culture TV shows and everything. Sure. But I think the way that we, we uh, constructed this project, I think it definitely took the creative level a different realm for the students. You could definitely tell that they enjoyed using it.
0: Well we, we made it our own and I think I guess that's what I'm really trying to say. And when you're doing that it's there's so much more joy in in the work and, and that comes across to the students as well because they know that they're trying something new. So like you said, the positive learning environment that it kind of creates when everyone is is encouraged to be creative with what they're making and what they're trying uh, when they're trying new things, it really helps allow school climate uh, and definitely morale also
1: yeah and and speaking of this creative nature I know administration has a lot to do with this because a lot of times teachers are concerned if if they're not comfortable with their administration they're concerned and really uh, they need that little kick to get them into gear to try something new and creative because they're afraid of failure and they're afraid of being uh, judged or evaluated by an administrator while they're trying something new and I, I know that our administration at our school does a very nice job at making us feel comfortable enough to try these new things, even if we flop and fail.
0: Yeah, well, that's it's also, I mean, the, when you get the creativity in trying new things, it's kind of infectious. Like I know when I'm, I'm listening in in the office to other people who are talking about something new and exciting and different, uh, it always kind of piques my attention at least for me. And I'm like, man, that's a, that's really awesome. We could probably do something like that in chemistry, or I wonder if there's a way you could, you know, build that into a Google site and then link everything. And that's, I think those are the types of things we're talking about that it just helps so much when that's encouraged and when that's a, kind of built into the culture of your school.
1: So one of the ways that I decided this year that I was going to help kind of bring maybe a new view of technology, educational technology, ed tech into teachers' lives is I was going to start a bulletin, but I didn't want to just put it out digitally because I feel like some of our, I don't know, our bulletins, our electronic letters and stuff are becoming the old emails. Right. Well, people
0: are just pass, pass right over them because everybody's doing it now. So it's kind of this the same old thing.
1: So I decided, I heard of an idea last year from one of our neighboring schools when all the ed tech coaches got together and it had to do with reading on the in the bathroom. Sure. They called it learning on the loo and I decided to call it toilet talk. Learning on the loo is probably a better name for it, but you know, yeah, toilet talk's not bad either. And like it, it. it just brings up, like, I pulled in some podcasts, I pulled in some uh, resources, like uh, Matt Miller's 101 Different Ways to Ditch a Textbook, so it's called Ditch that textbook, yeah, sure. but I wanted to be long-winded about it. And then, uh, I also put a podcast link on there, and then I made the whole page live using a QR code. And I know that most phones out there now, if you use your phone, especially if if you have an Apple, I think Android's now starting to do it with their newer phones. If you take a picture or hold up your phone like you're taking a picture of the QR code, it has a reader in the photo app now. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. So I know this, and I actually put that on the first toilet talk, so... Everyone knows how to use QR codes. And uh, I, I got a lot of positive feedback so far. Some some teachers told me that they listened to the podcast already and then they had a smirk on their face. And I, I guess I know what that means. And you guys probably know what that <laughs> means too. But, you know, it's just a way to... Kind of get thinking done when thinking isn't normally done. Teachers are packed throughout the day. They're helping students. They're they're not able to get to these creative resources. So I thought I'd bring it to them during a time in which no one can bother them.
0: I loved it. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was great getting to read you know, read through that. It's a nice time for it. Also, that's kind of that's exactly what we're talking about with creativity here. And and the tech just opens up so many doors. Even something as simple as a QR code. Which if you haven't started using QR codes yet, they're so easy. You just go to any Google any QR code generator you want and you can link anything, text, images, other websites and URLs, videos, and it just opens the doors to so many cool things like post something in a bathroom for people to read, they scan it, brings up access to something else. Or in the classroom, we've uh, you know, scavenger hunts around the room where there's QR codes hidden in front of different things and the students scan them and it takes them to, you know, so on some kind of a web quest where they start here and then they go over to this spot for another QR code in the room. And if you take advantage of tech and, and think about it from a, with a creative perspective, there are, there's just so many possibilities and I think that's really exciting. Um, even when it comes to, I, I wanted to mention using old tech in new and exciting ways. I know I've done Google Slides things where, you know, normally we think of PowerPoint or Google Slides just as that's how you deliver like a direct instruction tool but it doesn't have to be and with there's so many ways so many different ways to use all these things I have kit my students use Google Slides to make like a simple version of a stop-motion video where they create a slide and they copy it make a second slide that's a, like a direct copy and then slightly alter that one and then copy the new one slightly alter it again so when you click through them really fast back to back it looks like a stop motion video and it doesn't take any training, right? The kids latch onto it right away and they think it's really cool because it's new, it's different, it's creative and there's just unending ideas of how to build that kind of stuff into your class and I think it's it's really cool.
1: I definitely like the use of old tech in new ways, but I, I I always like to throw this out when we do some type of ed tech segment. And basically my view, this is my opinion anyway, tech is not something that needs to be used every lesson. It does not need to be used all the time. It should only be used to enhance student learning, student engagement. If tech can help students be more engaged and if it can help learning, then we're using it in the right way. And I just feel that sometimes that we're on this, push that we need to have tech in the classroom. And the only way to be creative is through technology. And that's not the case at all. I've witnessed so many lessons uh, recently that has nothing to do with tech, nothing to do with tech, and they still fit and it still works well within our classes.
0: Absolutely. Just today, I was still having my kids make uh, posters for the room because I need them. I need a physical copy in the room. It doesn't help to be you know, on the computer in this case. So for sure, that's an important thing is sometimes the old school ways work also. You can follow Got Tech outside the podcast at gottech.com or on Twitter at We Got Teched.
1: So over the weekend, I got together with some of my peers from uh, different districts, and uh, we all have the same general job. Our descriptions are a little different. Our titles are a little different, but we all have pretty much the same goal, and that's to help teachers overcome their struggles or their fears with technology and to kind of bring those into the classroom.
0: So this is other people that don't have specifically classroom teacher jobs. I mean, you're, what is your title now? I forget the exact...
1: To be honest with you, (laughs) I I think I'm a media and technology specialist, but uh, some of them do teach uh, part of the day... True, like half and half. Yeah. yeah and others teach uh, the full day, but their duty is to help out. Right. And then there's some that have the full day to just support teachers. And uh, we're all very excited to meet up because every time we meet up, we kind of find an issue that we want to talk about, a topic that we want to talk about, and then we see how each other handles this uh, issue or barrier or topic or what projects we're doing. And this time we got together at our local uh, coffee shop that's right in the middle of all of our uh, general areas. And we decided that we wanted to talk about how we could get teachers to utilize our role within our school in a more productive way. Because sometimes we feel like we are st- trapped in an area and um, we're helping maybe fix Chromebooks or we're helping teachers with their projection systems or their monitors or their computers and really that may or may not be in our job description but it's definitely not the thing that we want to focus on.
0: Well it's tough probably for you guys I would imagine and I'm not in that role I'm still a classroom teacher but it's tough because this is like a new job like this didn't exist before so you don't have someone to just go ask like hey how did you do this everyone seems to just kind of be trying to figure it out so while teachers classroom teachers are going through a lot and trying a lot of new tech things for the first time i guess i guess the tech coaches are sort of going through the other side of it as well like what exactly are we doing am i the guy that comes in and fix the fixes your projector or am i the guy that actually helps you with some you know some new method or actually building a lesson in the teaching side
1: i think for most of us unless our job specifically says that we're willing to help in any way that we can yeah even if it is our outside of our job, but really, I, I think most of us, uh, well, based off of our little meeting that we had, most of us are, we wanted to focus our energy on how we're going to get teachers to utilize us or how can we make ourselves more available or do teachers actually know what we're supposed to be doing within that school hmm. and sometimes we we don't know even though we say to everyone in different uh, modes and methods uh what we do we we just wanted to come up with like almost like a best practices for ed coaches and i i thought it would be neat to you know share some of our findings but also get the teacher perspective of what we can do maybe better to put ourselves out there.
0: Sure. What Did you, did you guys come up with anything so far?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, some of the things that I did that I shared was I try to find four or five things that I want to work on. Four or five different modes of integrating technology into lessons that might fit any content area across the board. And then what I'll do is I'll travel out to teachers, some that I worked with, some that I didn't. If I'm very confident that my technology is Going to be something that is going to enhance, without a doubt, student engagement and learning. I'll probably go to someone that I've never worked with before. And this is kind of bringing it back to that whole administrative uh, piece that we talked about earlier that when you're confident and you know the person that you're working with, you're more likely to make, I don't know, to accept a bigger challenge. Right. to take more risks so if i'm 100 percent sure that it's going to make a difference i'll pick somebody that i've never worked with before just so a they could see something that's going to be successful in the classroom but also b so maybe they get hooked on tech a little bit all right and then uh i'll save the things that i'm not 100 percent sure that are more rigorous or more risky and i will work with the people that i know a little bit better on those
0: so you mean you're like actually s- specifically seeking out somebody who you've not done this with before. Somebody who's like brand new working relationship, maybe.
1: Absolutely. And once once you start getting to each department, for example, I was with the World Language Department a lot last year. I've worked with many teachers in the World Language Department last year. Once I started working with one teacher, another teacher caught a hold of it and it just spreads like wildfire. Now, I was able to get to three different departments last year and I was able to work with a little over 20 teachers, which was about, you know, a fifth of our teacher population at our school. Yeah, that's great. So that was pretty cool. But I want to make sure that I'm able to go anywhere. You know, I want to make sure that people know what they can use me for. And I still don't feel like everyone knows.
0: Well, at least for the first part of what you said that the teacher side of that is I would imagine that goes a long way. I mean, it's a little tough for me to analyze that just because we have worked together on a bunch of stuff before. But I can imagine if you were somebody that I hadn't just seeing you like around kind of stepping in even to like you said, just to within the department, just to kind of let other people know like, oh, that guy's actually willing to do this and not only talk to people that he's going to be comfortable with or that he knows are comfortable with the tech. I think that probably helps people feel more, you know, more willing to try things and more excited about it. So that sounds like it would work.
1: Yeah. Another ed tech coach, they said that the way that they uh, try to get around to all their teachers is they set up a schedule appointments. They'll email a group of teachers and they'll be like, hey, I really like to just sit down with you for 10 minutes. Is there a good time? And what they'll do is they'll set up a time and they have a 10-minute conversation and based off of that 10-minute conversation that a tech coach tries to come up with something that's going to help the teacher out whether it's something small like uh, showing them how to make a canned response in their email or whether it's something larger with a big project and I think that's also a good way but to me I I, I would hesitate to do that because I feel like the success rate of teachers getting back to you with an email would be low and it has nothing to do with the teacher it has nothing to do with me but I feel like emails there's so many of them being sent every day that you know teachers tend to look over them and I'm saying that because three years ago when I was teaching science I was guilty as charged I mean I looked over emails and if I didn't think it really applied to me, I kind of just deleted it and thought it was spam and I'd put it in the spam folder so I wouldn't get emails from yeah. you know, that outfit ever again.
0: Well, you have to. I got, just the other day, I was, it was Sunday actually, and just I checked my email in the morning. By the end of the day, on a Sunday, I had 15 emails. I mean, it's like nonstop all day. I'm sure it's even worse for you guys because now you're dealing with the whole, you know, the whole teacher population asking you questions and stuff. Did you mean that with what you just described, you mean like this other guy would would reach out to just random teachers throughout the week and like set up an appointment time?
1: Yeah. So I think what what the, the ed tech coach was really saying is they would pick a department for that week and try to go down, make themselves visible with that department. They would send them emails, letting them know that they're going to be in that wing of the building oh, yeah. and that they would like to meet. Um, is there a good time for them to meet during that time timeframe? Hmm, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't... My position doesn't allow me to go hang out in the wing of the building, you know, all day for a week. It just doesn't do that. But there are ed tech coaches that... There's like three of them. They're responsible for all the schools in the district, elementary, middle school, and high school. So they have to go to all the... Uh, the schools. And sometimes they go together, sometimes they break up and they all go to different schools on different days. It's good though, again, from the teacher
0: side, it's good for someone in a role like what you have to take the initiative to be the one that reaches out. Because I know a lot of times the other thing teachers are would be likely to do is like, oh yeah, we have we have a tech coach or we have a tech integration specialist, but I don't have time for any of that or I don't have time this year to incorporate that. Um, but if you, if you're actually reaching out and saying, hey, here's this cool thing. Like here's the digital escape the room I built with the foreign language department. I think maybe we could do that with your class. Just that, that initial reach out might be enough to say, oh yeah, that might actually be kind of cool. Or that's a good idea. Or I never would have thought to come to you with that. Maybe even just cause I didn't want to like annoy you. Maybe you look really busy and I don't want to throw something else on your plate, but if it's coming from you, it seems a little more real.
1: Yeah. And I try to, like I said, I try to have like three, four, five different activities that really fit across all curriculums. So they're very broad in nature, but you can make each tech activity more specific based on the content. And based on the content is really the key phrase there. I don't like to have the content fit one of them. I don't know. This is kind of difficult to explain, but yeah. I don't want the technology to dictate what activity they select. Mm. What I like to do is go up to a teacher and be like, hey, what do you have coming up over the next couple units? Is there a lesson that you really don't like? And I try to target that lesson and then I have them explain that lesson to me. Right. And then from there, we'll pick some type of way to incorporate that content into the technology.
0: Well, that's smart too, because if it's that's just like another good selling point, because if it's a lesson you don't like, man, I just had one this past week. It was brutal, like so much direct instruction. And I wish as I was doing, I was like, why did I not redo this? I mean, I really just didn't have time to do it because it's the start of the year. But posing that question to people would be like super helpful just to introduce the whole idea
1: yeah so i think those were our main takeaways from the meeting and we we only meet up like maybe twice a school year maybe once over the summer yeah i know that next year we're going to try something uh uh we started it this year it was very informal and that was uh pd on the uh, deck where we have like a little cookout this time it was at a coffee shop but either way we got food or drink involved so uh, i'm in
0: yeah that's all you need So starting this school year, our district has a new initiative which I thought was pretty interesting and I wanted to bring it to today's episode because I think there may be some people listening who could bring this to maybe their school and I think it's really working out great here and it might have a positive impact elsewhere also. Uh, The system, apparently it's been around for a while, but it has to do with a badging system for teachers. It's all supposed to be a PD system, so professional development, but one that gives teachers some choice, some more freedom in what they study and when they do it, which obviously is one of the, uh, you know, really great for teachers to kind of let them, you know, let them choose a little bit what they want to investigate.
1: We allow our students to have that choice so we're starting to push for personalized learning in our classrooms and this badge system does that for teachers. So it's good to model what we're pushing to our teachers. I just wanted to throw that in there because I'm with you. I think this is going to be a pretty neat tool.
0: It's a good point. Yeah, I mean, that's... It's nice to actually see that we are being educated the way that we're being taught to educate our students. That's one of the selling points of this whole thing. The gist of it is there's a whole list of badges that you can earn and it's uh, totally up to you which ones you're interested in, which like we just talked about, that's one of the best things about it. Uh, So say I wanted to earn the Google Docs badge. Just as an example, I click on it, there's a whole website that's been created to kind of list all these things. So I click on it and there's some bullet points, uh, some tasks, some videos that you have to watch, maybe different tutorials on Google Docs it's like a checklist basically and if you complete them and can submit certain artifacts that you've done these things it gets sent to an administrator or or a tech coach and it gets reviewed and if you have competently done that thing and shown that you understand whatever the list of things shows for Google Docs they send you a digital badge which sounds silly but I'll tell you there's something about earning (laughs) earning these badges it does kind of make you want them
1: there's a way to gamify which is another keyword that we've brought up that we want our teachers to use is using game mechanics in classroom those digital badges i mean they're addictive they really are it's you go to your local sub shop you buy a sub they put a stamp on this thing that says hey after the 10th one you get a free one our district gave us some incentive we have a half day at the end of the school year. And if you get four badges, you get to take the half day, which was supposed to be professional development, and you get to go have fun for the rest of the day. Yeah. I think that's a pretty neat incentive.
0: Man, that helped a lot. I could see it in people's faces when they explained this whole thing to us on the first day when it was announced that you could get out of an afternoon PD day for just earning four of these things. Everybody was like, Well, that's actually I mean, if you can really do something with it, do something real, it helps a lot. And it's the same thing uh, you do in your class. If you have some kind of incentives, some kind of a little stars or points or whatever that students can earn, and they can accumulate those and display them somewhere or trade them in for a real actual tangible benefit. That kind of makes the buy-in process. And it, it really has, I mean, it's, it's, it's totally working. I get it. I see people there. I saw teachers working on, uh, I think a bunch of people were doing the Kahoot badge earlier today. So people are buying in. I think it's just a really cool system for teachers.
1: Yeah, I, I know past professional developments didn't work because it didn't allow the teachers to kind of pick something that applied to them. This way, that whole barrier where the professional development doesn't apply to them, that goes out the window. They're able to look at the badges that are being offered, and there's new badges being made all the time. And right now, we only have one level of badge being offered, and that's the basic level. And eventually, we're going to get an advanced level badge for those same uh, initial badges that we've given out. The big question that we're getting is well, what's going to be the difference between basic and advanced? And what's going to determine the difference between basic and advanced? So and you,
0: you mean like I would start and earn the basic Google Doc badge, but then next year, there'll be an advanced Google Doc badge with like different features that you have to demonstrate.
1: Yeah, just to put it in a very simple way, your basic is using Google Docs in your lesson in a basic form where the teacher is the person delivering that lesson, the students are using that technology. More advanced way would be including maybe an extension or an add-on within Google Docs, but also having your students somehow be directing the lesson in some type of like student-centered mm. approach okay so for example if you're pushing out i don't know a case study or a claims evidence reasoning activity how can the students use that technology or google doc to take grasp of their learning and turn it into, you know, something that they're interested in, but also developing that meets all requirements of that project. So it's not just
0: using the the tech tool. It's also incorporating that with, with good teaching practice.
1: Right. As the skills need to get more advanced... We're also taking a look at the learning environment. And we base everything off of the TIM model. So that's what the uh, badge system is based off of. The TIM model stands for Technology Integration Matrix. We did talk about this in our earlier episode a little bit, but basically the top, if you would picture SAMR, the SAMR model, but redefinition uh, is broken up into two different categories. So there's five categories going across the top. And then your different ways of learning Uh, within an environment, like active learning, uh, collaborative learning spaces, and things like that go down the side. And our first two columns are very uh, simplified ways of integrating technology into the classroom. And then the last three uh, columns are student-led so as you go from left side of the matrix to the right side you're going from teacher led uh, regarding the use of tech to student-led activities regarding the use of tech and also student choice
0: right it's just a cool new take on trying to push and educate teachers on some of these things especially like you were just saying if if the higher level badges require you to go more towards those high-level student-centered types of lessons, that's really great because then people will be looking at it and it has that aspect of choice. So I feel like I chose to do that and I'm doing it when I have time and in a way that I want and at a pace that I want. It's kind of like making the PD student-centered when if the teachers are considered the students in that scenario. It's, it's really awesome.
1: Yeah and the other part about the badge system that works is we're offering it each badge in many ways. You can meet with a tech coach and get one-to-one learning. You can meet with a tech coach during PLC time as a PLC and get small group. We do offer times during lunch that we will pull some people if they're interested in meeting during lunch to go over it. And then you could do it on your own because everything is digital. You have selection here. You have choice of when it happens, how it happens, how it's being taught. And it really brings everything together. And it really takes into consideration the needs of all teachers and not basically the one-stop shop where this is the time we're offering it and this is what you're going to do, whether or not you're interested in it or whether or not it fits your curriculum or your content.
0: Well, I remember I, you might've been with me, but we had to teach. This is way back when the district first sort of adopted some the blended learning models, which is still obviously something we're pushing now. But I remember trying to explain, I think it was like the lab rotation model of blended learning. We don't have to get into what that is, but Pretty much involves students rotating in and out of a computer lab at different times within the class. And the room was pretty much full. The group that I was in charge of teaching, a lot of, lot of phys ed teachers. And I could just see the looks on their faces thinking, this doesn't apply to me at all. Because how often am I in, you know, for a gym class, a phys ed class, how often am I going to have a computer lab? That doesn't even make sense for what that course is supposed to be unless it's the time when they're doing health or something. And I would have agreed with them. It made no sense. So this just kind of lets you obviously choose what things that actually apply, which really helps. And I also want to mention too, before we, t- we leave this, and correct me if I'm wrong, but The badges, they're just images, right? They're just like a JPEG or something.
1: What we did is we had our students from our uh, Photoshop class develop these badges. and, And some of the requirements that we gave them is it had to have our logo in some way, shape, or form, or initials or something to make it personalized to our district. And it also has to have the name of whatever the tech tool is on there. So each badge is going to have some of the same pieces to it, but it's going to be different because it has to have the logo of whatever tool that we're using or awarding a badge for.
0: I just thought that was really cool that the students were kind of brought in at this behind the scenes level almost. So I know some teachers have already started putting the badges on their websites and and the students can see some of the things that they've made as an assignment in a class as part of this professional development experience for teachers. I just think that's a cool way to sort of bring all of it almost full circle and let the students be creative in an assignment, but in an actual useful way that the teachers then adopt. I thought that was pretty awesome.
1: For me being one of the tech coaches, that reviews the badge applications we are seeing buy-in we have teachers that already have two or three badges already and we're in the third week of school now granted we knew that this would happen that there would be some people that really wants to go out and be go-getters and and get these badges but we we wanted everyone to get their feet wet this year and then after this year, you know what? They'll go in and they'll have to earn an advanced level badge, like too basic and too advanced level or whatever the requirements are going to be. Basically, we're just building and building and building. And the learning is continuous, even though you might select different apps. sure, The learning activities might overlap. You might develop activities that require the use of multiple technologies or maybe no technology. There could be badges coming down the way for methods of teaching rather than just based on the tech piece alone. There's many different ways that we could go with this.
0: Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. They don't have to be tech. It could just be a badge
1: for... Project-based learning. Yeah. Case-based studies, claims, evidence, reasoning, MOOCs, all these uh, different web quests. I mean, we could keep going for this. I think that's another thing. We don't have to end this. This isn't something that's going to expire. It's going to be something that evolves over time.
0: Well, it's like never ending because as things go forward, you keep the current pool of badges, but just keep adding more every summer and every year that people
1: can do. There are also sites out there that allow you to earn badges. Think of Google certifications. They're badges. People will display those on their Twitter feeds and their facebook and their linkedin and websites and things like that you have sophia.org that allows you to take some free professional development where you could get chrome certified and blended learning certified and all that stuff and display those badges this hasn't been something that was new and developed right now right i mean this is just something that our district took a hold of and decided we wanted to bring it here and got 12 to 15 different professionals around the district, whether they're tech coaches, teachers, administrators, assistant superintendent, superintendent, and they all sat down and they came up with something that worked for us. So really, I think any district can do it, especially if you're a one-to-one district, but really any district can do it.
0: Sure. As long as the teachers have access to computers, which most probably do now.
1: So I think it's important just for having a badge system to be a conversation. I mean, if it's something that is going to provide itself useful in your district, you need to reach out and see what other districts are having these badge professional developments and see if you could somehow instill that into your own district. It's time for the tech battle Royale. Ah! That's right. It's time for the tech battle Royale. This is where Nick and I go face to face, mano, mano. We bring tech apps, tech tools, all that stuff together, and we try to demolish one another with the best tech tool out there for whatever category we select.
0: Some of our categories are productivity, video and screencasting, learning management systems, creativity, fun and games. The list goes on. You've heard them before. I think it's time we spin the wheel and see what this week has.
1: All right, here we go.
0: All right, so this is going to be a good one for me and fitting for today's episode. We've landed on creativity. Out of the pair, I'm for sure the more creative person within Got Tech, so I think I've got an edge on you uh, right from the beginning. Also, I've won the last two of these, so I would imagine you're a little bit scared going into this tech battle.
1: I'm not scared. I'm prepared. All i got to say is I'm going to take your little note sheet over there after you announce. I'll let you go first today since you won the last two. But once you tell us your little... Uh, creative tool i'm going to take that piece of paper i'm going to crumple it up and i'm going to blindly throw it over my right shoulder through my basketball trash can hoop wow
0: that is intimidating let's see if you can back that up my choice i'm going to take a similar approach to last last episode i chose a really simple tech tool that does one thing but it does it really well and i'm going to take the same angle this time it's called wordle.net w-o-r-d-l-e.net If you've ever seen these things, uh, they're officially called, or some places call them word clouds, which actually is a pretty good descriptor of what it is. It looks like a cloud that's literally made of a bunch of words. Some of the words are very large font, big and bold in the middle. And as it moves outwards, the other words kind of stack in and around it. Some are vertical, some are horizontal. um, And your eye goes immediately to the big words in the center. And as you look around at the cloud, you see the other smaller words, and it's just kind of a cool way uh, to display a bunch of words and wordle.net creates these things for you. It shows greater prominence to words that appear more frequently in whatever your source text is. Uh, So, the way it would work is you highlight some text that you want to turn into a word cloud, and Wordle automatically kind of categorizes all those words, and the most common ones it makes the biggest. And it's a great visual way to kind of get the flavor of what an an article or some source is talking about. If you highlighted something on photosynthesis, uh, you might see chlorophyll pop up as one of the biggest words, which kind of lets you you know, oh chlorophyll is pretty important to whatever this thing is about. As a teacher it can be a useful tool uh, to show your students and as a student it can be a useful tool in creating projects and just helping to kind of process through and understand what a what's some sort of a written text is talking about. Um, it, al- it allows you really easily to tweak your clouds with different fonts, layouts and color schemes and the images when they're all done are totally yours. You can copy them, save them, print them do whatever you want, and I think it's just the best way. I know there's a couple sites out there that let you make these word clouds, but uh, wordle.net is by far my favorite. So that's what I'm going with. What do you got for me?
1: I got a question. Sure. So your word cloud, have you ever used like a thousand words in word cloud? Um, the answer's well, probably no, right? Yeah,
0: I've only ever done small things. I got to be honest.
1: So I feel like I'm getting ripped off here because people say a photo is worth a thousand words and you're... you're...
0: Oh, what kind of argument is that? Well, could... <laughs>
1: that, is my, that is my initial <laughs> argument, but I'm going to get into mine, which right. is photo photofunia. That's photo, P-H-O-T-O-F-U-N-I ia.com. Photofunia is for the person that does not have access to Photoshop. Maybe you don't have the time, but it still allows you to make something creative, and it's very super easy. What you do is you upload an image, you crop it, it will automatically put your image into a different image. For example, I put my face on a cappuccino, the top layer of a cappuccino. Oh, is that how you did that before? I saw that. That is how I did that. That was awesome. I, I think that element of creativity allows you to reach out to your kids in a different way for me i know people think that i'm very uh i have dry humor and i'm monotone i sound like eeyore from time to time or pretty much always uh but i do get excited about things and photo is one of the things i get excited about because i'm able to put my face in the middle of a, a picture of a jester you know from uh king Arthur's court
0: yeah, this is pretty cool. If, if creativity is the theme of this episode, Photo fun is kind of a good way to wrap it up. I'm just scrolling through. Some of them you can put your face on the side of a truck, like a big 18-wheeler truck. Driving through the mountains, that's pretty cool. Uh, look Mount at this Mount Rushmore. One. Yeah. You put
1: your face on the front of a newspaper. There's a lot of cool ones there. And, and really, this could just be something that you use to introduce your question of the day. Or maybe you want them just to talk about something. You want to put your face on the middle of a newspaper with a question right there. And it's just maybe a conversation starter.
0: Oh, this is cool. Look, You can put your face on a postage stamp. You can turn it into a sketch. You can put it on a yacht. Oh, man. Photofunia.
1: Yeah, and... uh, What's happening? Am I arguing for your... (laughs) I'm just going to let you keep going because I think you're doing a a pretty good job and you haven't said word cloud in the last, like, 30 seconds, so I'm going to give myself the win on this one because you're kind of...
0: You can take it. I got caught up just looking at these things. It actually is really cool. I guess I have to give you this one.
1: I'm, I'm... feeling like the little guy on tyson's punch out mike tyson's <laughs> punch out right now and you're that dazed and confused boxer that i'm going up against that has stars going around your head
0: that's right i'll give in and let guys have the uh the victory this w- this episode for photo funya over wordle.net but you should definitely check both of these things out lots of good uh creativity to be had for both teachers and students
1: Finally, I'm back in the winner's circle, and I take down Nick Johnson's wordle with my photofunia. Today's quote and victory speech is brought to you by Maya Angelou, who once said, You can't use up creativity. The more you use, the more you have. And with that quote, I think it's fitting with this episode, just because we talked about creativity and how it goes with technology. And I think if every teacher would go try something new, implement it into your classroom, reflect on it, and then share it with the world, all teachers. Teachers can benefit from that, whether it is someone in your PLC, someone in your department, in your school district, or someone across the world viewing the activity that you just made. Go out there, be creative, and we'll see you next episode. Till next time, you can follow us on Twitter at We Got Teched, or on our webpage at www.gottecht.com.